Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carpenter, your host, and we're glad to have you here today. We're going to be listening to part two of the interview with Lou Schiff that we recorded the day of the All-Star Game, so the results weren't known as of yet. And you probably heard the first part already. If not, look at the link at the bottom of this listing here, and you will find a link to part one. Lou is a judge in Broward County, Florida, but he also teaches a course on baseball and the law at Mitchell Hamlin. So he does that each year, and this year we want to talk to him a little bit about what that course is like, some of the guests that he's had on that show, and the impact that uh, some of the things he's hearing back from them as well. So let's get started. Take it away, Lou. I've been busy the last week with uh, uh, teaching my baseball uh, law course over the, over the past week, and we had some fabulous guests come in. Our, one of our non-baseball guests was uh, Bob Whitsett who was the uh, uh, general manager and, and president of uh, a number of professional sports teams, the, the, the Portland Trail Blazers, Seattle Supersonics, and the Seattle Seahawks. And Bob came out to uh, St. Paul and spoke to our class. He's a Mitchell Hamlin alum. And so he came and he flew out and talked to them. Uh, Melissa Lutke once again appeared by Zoom. Uh, it was a tremendous program. We had uh, one of our other alums, a guy by the name of uh, Adam Hansen, an attorney in Minnesota. And he was uh, the bat boy for the Minnesota Twins for 11 years. And there's a case in, in the book that Bob and I wrote that deals with bat boys and the liability that a team has and, and overworking them and giving and not, and they're not paying them for their hours. So he came in and and, and talked about uh, what it's like to be a bat boy and the responsibilities and the work. It was, it was, it was interesting. We had, we had fun, brought Stu Thornley back again this year. Stu is always a fantastic speaker and uh, the official scorer for the twins. And he helps write the, uh, the explanation of the rules for major league baseball. And he's on the appeals committee when it comes to uh, scoring decisions. So it was, a, it was a fun weekend. We had a good time. And the, and the St. Paul saints are the most, Wonderful host you could ever have uh, to host a, a program in a press box. I saw that shot. Yeah, some shots you shared with us. That was that looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, if folks want to see that, yeah, they can go to uh, at, at at baseball and law law, or they can go to hashtag baseball and the law. We put up a, a number of photos of, of some extremely gifted professionals who excel at understanding baseball and law and issues, and and they give of themselves freely and to speak to the, uh, the Mitchell Hamlin students, which was just so such a wonderful thing they did. There's been so much going on and I wouldn't necessarily say it's with actual legal statutes, but how we've been treating minor leaguers. <laughs> and That's I, a whole I, subject for a whole nother program, but you're yeah. absolutely right. And it well, looks like that lawsuit is settled for about $185 million yeah, and I made mention of that to my students because when we first put that book together, the uh, the Senny case, S C N N E, had just been filed uh, maybe seven or eight months before the book got published, and and I used it as a way of explaining how long it can take things to go through the courts and how long it has to settle. Now, what's interesting, and it's been written about, is it's still subject to the the court, the judge approving the settlement. Because what, and I can't speak to that case because I don't know this case at all. And I don't want to talk about a case that is pending, but I can speak to other settlements 
where judges have said, or people have come to the court and said, we, you know, I know there's a group of people and they approve it, but I, I don't think I'm getting the right amount. And, and so sometimes things have a way of slowing down. The judge still has to approve attorney fees and costs. In this case, there's a lot there. I read a figure, uh, $5 million in fees, maybe $5 million in costs. And you have to remember these lawyers have funded this entire litigation oh, yeah. on their own for, for seven or eight years. And so that's gonna add up depositions all over the country, the hiring of experts all over the country. Um, and, and then, and then I saw today a quote by Manford that said that he, he doesn't think minor leagues are being mistreated. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Um, oh, I, oh, you know, here's, here's the thing. I, you know, I'm never going to hear a case involving minor league ball players, and, but, it, but here's the thing. I, I think it's been shown successfully that minor league ball players are not being paid enough money. Yeah. Uh, minor league ball players have been treated poorly, and minor league ball players um, are asking for for a little bit more, or in some cases, a lot more. And it's not. This is not an internship where you go and you go work for somebody for a summer and you get experience. This is this is not an internship. This is a job. Yeah. And, and they're saying, look you know, we want to be paid for our time. You don't have to pay us a fortune, but we want to be paid for our time. We don't want to put four guys in a, in a hotel room and have peanut butter sandwiches every day, things like that. You know, we don't want to ride on a, on a bus that, that breaks down. We want to ride on, you know, motor coaches that, that are, are, are a little bit better. We, you know, we, we got to travel. We don't want to have to ride on a bus 400 miles. Can't you fly us to the next game? There's, there's got to be a better way sometime in, in treating the ball players, And that's what's going to come out. And there's still going to be more negotiations and, and we'll see what happens. I could certainly empathize with the, with the minor league ball players. And, and that's not me as anything other than a baseball fan speaking. Okay. I'm speaking as a baseball fan uh, and someone that has followed minor league baseball and someone that worked in minor league baseball, not as a player, but in minor league baseball, knowing how little that some of these ball players have been paid. Yeah. It's, it's, it's shameful. And People like Manfred should know when to just keep their lips pursed and not say a I, damn again, thing. Now, on for Manfred's side, is that look, he he is uh, employed by the he his, his job is to send the message of the owners. That's why he's there, and as long as he has the majority of the owners, he stays as commissioner. So when when Manfred speaks, he's speaking for for the majority of of the owners, and the owners believe this, and then maybe the party should just sit down and figure out a better way of doing things. There's nothing wrong with that party yeah. sit down and discuss it and, you know, share what they can do to do better. And then maybe they could come up with a better way of doing it. I don't know. Well, I do want to have another show with you sometime just okay. on some of that. I did. That. I, I'm, I am curious about your class though. Were there any surprise questions or inquiries that, you didn't expect it. Yes. Anything. I'm going to tell you the most surprising thing I heard. All right. Uh, Tom Whaley, who is the executive vice president for the St. Paul Saints, and he's an attorney, fine guy. And they built a new stadium a few years ago using state funds, local funds, municipal funds uh, called CHS Field. 
and CHS Bank is one of the big sponsors. And a lot of people put a lot of money into this ballpark. But one thing that Tom Whaley told my class, and it was very refreshing to hear, he said that when they were out trying to sell the stadium to the community in, in St. Paul, and, and they're consistently selling out every game. Uh, once, once the weather gets warmer from the middle of June on, they, they pretty much sell out because as, as Sean Aronson explained to our class, and he's the play-by-play guy, as he explained, our business isn't necessarily wins and losses. That's that's the team. But the, the St. Saint Paul Saints business is creating a fun environment so people want to come back and enjoy the park atmosphere. And Tom and, and Tom would probably be a great guest for you, too, uh, to, to, to bring on. He, he said to the class, as a matter of factly, that they never told the community that this building was going to be a profit center for the community. He promised the community, though, that it would be something they would be proud of, something they would use, and something that might stimulate business in what they call Lower Town in, in St. Paul. And it's done all that. But it hasn't, it's not making anybody really any money as a building. But what it's doing is giving, this is a case of truly community pride in, in St. Paul. They're about eight or nine miles from, the, from Target Field. And on, when I was in uh, St. Paul this past weekend, the, the Twins are, are, are losing two out of three to the White Sox. And, and the Saints, I don't remember right if they won or lost to I went to one game, uh, and I guess they won in 10 innings. But, and they're drawing about 8,000, which is just slightly under what the Marlins draw on weeknights. <laughs> There's, a lot of pride. There's a lot of community pride in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the park and the team and, and what they do. People like the team. They like the management there. Um, you know, the term Minnesota nice is, is, is really true. I have to tell you, my favorite weekend of the summer is when I make my visit to St. Paul and, and, and spend time at my old law school. Uh, St. Paul is so much nicer for me in July than it is the middle of February. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you planned that well. Well, they plan it well. We can't. We can't have a. We can't have a class at a baseball ballpark and watch a baseball game in February. So you know, it works out well. Oh, that was great, man! It sounded like you had some really great guests, you know, in your class and some interesting perspectives. Quickly mention, I know a gentleman I was speaking with earlier this year from a minor league. He was, and he was talking about developing a new stadium or field, but with a strategy of actually building businesses around it. Now, that's from a commercial viewpoint, but from what you're talking about, we're talking about building a community around it, not not the not the, a business. Yeah, the buildings were already there. Yeah. So so unlike some ballparks where they they build the stadium and then they and then the part of the, the buildup is the, the cost of the buildings are in with the stadium. This is just the stadium. Yeah. They had to get permission from the, the Minnesota legislature, and that took a lot of work. But other other businesses saw. A lot of lot of restaurants, the uh, farmers market outside the stadium on the weekends in the morning. It's become a, a, a in, the, in the summertime a community hub. Uh, it, it, and in the summertime in Minnesota, it gets dark like at nine o'clock, nine thirty <laughs> at night, and so you can do a lot of outdoor activities at night. Of course, once again in, in February in Minnesota, you know the, the sun goes down about three o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, 
it's still a great place. It, it, it truly is a wonderful place. I, I love, I love, I really love Minnesota. If I wasn't living in Florida, I'd probably be up in Minnesota. I respect that. I got to, when I was with a newspaper group years ago and I had to travel and I do different newspapers every week. And the time I spent in Minnesota, that whole Minnesota nice, I got that. That is, is okay. something, a thread you can feel through the community and how you're treated and just, just a kind of a common good all in all. But uh, before we become a commercial for the yeah, before we become a commercial for Minnesota, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not on the Minnesota payroll. No, no but, I, uh, my, my weekend up in Minnesota, the state of Minnesota takes out Minnesota state income tax and I'm not on the payroll for Minnesota. Oh man. Oh, Oh, let's, let's come back to Marlon just for a moment. Right. Um, well, guess what dropped today? It was the for I guess, late last night, the captain, Jeter's six six uh, episodes coming out. It's the only reason I still have ESPN Plus on my subscription list. I, I saw that. I recorded it last night after the home run derby, but I haven't watched it yet. You'll enjoy it. It should uh, be interesting. It's, uh, but I I'm looking forward to hopefully at some point later in all this where he's actually talking about what went with the Marlins. Uh, I, I don't know if he is or not. I mean, his his Marlin career was what two and a half three years. Yeah. Yeah. And sometime maybe we can talk about that because you know how Jeb Bush was initially going to be one of those owners with the, with him, but well, let's not go down there. Right. But I do want to say one more thing as far as community ball, uh, that's a, that's a great thing about living in Florida. I mean, we get, when uh, spring training comes, we have all these places all around us that we can go and see teams. And throughout the year, even we have a lot of minor league teams here or there that we can go see right down the road from me. I have the Lakeland flying tigers, you know, they're associated with them. I head over into Tampa. I got the tar- Tampa Tarpons with the Yankees. There's such a great experience. I'm very fortunate, but I really encourage fans time and again. Yeah, go ahead. Enjoy those big league teams, right. but make sure you take the time to go out and find those things close to you, whether it's a college, whether it's a single A, triple A, whatever, you know, there's so much to be enjoyed in this game. Absolutely. All right, brother. Tell me a few other things here. What, what's um, baseball on the law? Baseball. And that's where you can find you on Twitter. That's and good. sorry, go ahead. You no, know, that, that's where you can find me on Twitter, usually around seven to eight o'clock, seven o'clock, seven ten on weekdays, eight o'clock on the weekends. Something gets posted. Um, not sure what tomorrow is. I know it's already written and it's up ready to go out. So I, I don't know what tomorrow is, but I know it's already written. So it'll go out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, usually I put them about three or four days out. But for example, uh, if something happens, uh, like the settlement of the, uh, the minor league baseball player strike and it's a legal issue. I'll, I'll talk about it or mention it. Uh, I noticed that the, uh, I don't want to say this wrong. Uh, there's a lawsuit involving Freddie Freeman's agent perhaps. And uh, I just read right before we went on the judge that is doing that case in the a defamation action is the same judge that handled the Sarah Palin, New York times defamation case oh. out of New York. But I so, and I think the issue in this case, and it's just what I read, you know, in, in a brief article, is whether or not uh, this individual can be considered uh, a public figure, and 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 so the laws of defamation are that it's easier to defame a public official than it is a private person, and and so that'll be the issue, I guess, in this case, whether or not he qualifies under a, a public official or is he a private person. So 
that'll be interesting to follow. And then, you know, once the court makes a decision on that, I'll, I'll certainly, you know, then, then I can, you know, talk a little bit more about it, but I, that's, that's all I know that, you know, there's going to be a lawsuit like that. Yeah. Well, I will certainly be following you on that. Uh, on As I explained to my students, there really isn't anything, you know, people call it baseball law and I call it baseball law, but it's really not, not baseball law. What it is, is a lot of lawsuits that involve baseball <laughs> and, and we put them all together and I, and I really believe you could teach like an entire semester of law school and only talk about baseball law cases and still be able to teach whatever it is you had to teach. <laughs> we were talking about uh, uh, appraisals. There's a case out of Florida on appraisals. We're talking about construction litigation defects uh, on, on a case uh, in the early 1900s on the Baker Bowl when it collapsed in Philadelphia. So uh, there's also, an, uh, and we talked about medical malpractice and, and vicarious liability uh, in, in, in when we talked about the Allen Fish case out of LA where the young man, 14 year old uh, kid was struck on the side of his head yeah. uh, with a baseball hit by Manny Mota and, and unfortunately passed away a couple of days later. So you could really teach that there's a lot of fundamentals of, of law and baseball talked about the uh, flying hot dog case uh, in Kansas City where a slugger hit somebody in the side of the eye with a with a hot dog and whether or not the baseball rule applied, which is just, uh, they call it the baseball rule, but it's truly just assumption of the risk, uh, which is a, which is a theory that says if you're going to a, a dangerous event and you know, there's a chance of being injured, you assume the risk that that's with it. And the example I always give is the time I was going to go skydiving out in Vegas with the family until the guy gave me the release with a big X. And it said, you could get killed. We're not responsible. Sign here. <laughs> That's pretty much what it said, Mark. That's just pretty much what it said. And you look at it with one big black X in the middle and it's like, nah, but my wife and son went and they're still fine. So uh, he, <laughs> called me a couple, he called me a couple of names that uh, weren't complimentary, oh. but I decided not to go skydiving. <laughs> oh, oh, well, Lou, with that, let's All right. go. Well, that, we'll let it be uh, not skydiving. Okay? <laughs> there we go. So, I, I, you know, I, I used to root for the National League in this game because, you know, on the off chance that the National League wins, then they'll have a home field advantage in the World Series. But that's been taken out of the equation. So now it's I'm just going to kind of watch and hope I see some decent baseball a little Thank bit. You. That's what, you know, and then you, you wait for your favorite players to get in there and, you know, do a nice job. But and you just hope that nobody gets hurt. You don't want a Ray Fossey, Pete Rose situation at an no. all-star game. No, 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 no. Well, I'm going to find myself to uh, to a wing joint here shortly. You find a wing again. joint. My <laughs> wife was kind enough and bought me a, a nice steak that I'll throw out on the grill, and uh, uh, I'll I'll watch a little bit of outside on outside, and uh, and then when she gets ready to go to sleep, I'll sneak inside and watch it on the inside TV. <laughs> okay, Lou. Thank you again, buddy. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for reaching out to me or the way you do all the time. And uh, I'm looking forward to grabbing a game with you one, one of these days. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do that. I'm, I'm going to try to get down actually to Miami. I fear I went to DC and now I've been Tampa and it's a lot uh, closer, but yeah. if you're here. If you come down, I'll buy the tickets. All right, brother. All right. Okay. Well, that's Mr. Lou Schiff, the Honorable Lou Schiff, who is Thanks. also a professor in teaching law and baseball law specifically. Baseball law specifically, right? Baseball, yeah. So, man, we're, we're glad to have you here again. 
And I'm sure there's some other great topics we can talk about in the future. All right. Well, you be well and we'll talk soon. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Bye. That was part two of the interview with Lou Schiff. He is a Marlins fan. He is a judge in Broward County. He is a fan of baseball. And he's also a professor of law, teaching baseball and the law. And we want to thank him once again for joining the show. You can find Lou at Baseball and Law on Twitter. Uh, he puts something up there every day of interest. A lot of things historical, well worth checking into. I know I enjoy it. So thank you again. And special thanks to Lou Schiff for joining us today. Remember, you can always find Baseball Biz here. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, on Twitter at the Baseball Biz. Oh, man, if it's out there, we're there. So thanks again for joining us, guys, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Special thanks to X-Take RUX for the music, Rocking Forward. 